Good evening, everyone. It is a quiet, peaceful, chilly, and rainy December evening. And today I want to talk to you about three ways that I studied for the LSAT differently. And by differently, I want to clarify, I mean different from some of the basic advice I see online and floating around on social media. But overall, my school of thought and approach to the LSAT is very in line with Seven Sage very in line with the LSAT trainer, also known as Manhattan Prep previously. So just to give you an idea, but let's dive into it. The first one is I did not study more than four hours a day. I studied on average three hours. The low end would be two hours. Three hours is where I started to feel, okay, good. I did something today. Four hours was my ideal and I did study four hours most days, but let me tell you, that was pushing it. But I see online people will post about their study days and how they're clocking 6 to 10 hours a day. And let me tell you, I am very skeptical, first of all, that you're actually doing that. Because the LSAT can be boring as shit. And there are so many more exciting things you would want to do. Secondly, if you really did, I'm also skeptical that it's effective. Because, let's be real, the LSAT is hard. And anything that hard requires maximum cognition. And when your brain is going at that level, dude, my brain was fried after two hours. And I feel confident in saying this because I had spoken to David Busis at Seven Sage and he had gotten into Yale and Harvard Law before deciding not to go to law school. And he said the same thing. He said, I don't know about you, but I was only able to study for the LSAT for about two hours. And that is 100% what my experience was. Because if I did study for four hours, it was in two separate intervals. Basically, I'm saying don't feel bad if you're not clocking six hours. Number two, I did not do multiple topics in one day. So some people like to touch multiple topics in one day. For example, they might do one logic game, they'll do a couple LRs, and then they might finish off with one or two RC passages. And I've heard this described as maintenance, where they do this in their first hour before focusing on one specific topic in the next couple hours. I've also heard this described as you're just doing about a quarter of an actual test. So over four days, you will have finished an entire test. I personally don't do this. I do not like task switching, especially, again, for things that are hard. Hard things require warm-up time because your brain's not warmed up and you're also distracted and you'd rather look on Pinterest as opposed to do the super boring and hard thing that you suck at and you're getting no validation from. For most of my LSAT journey, the LSAT felt like picture a really tall brick wall, insurmountable difficulty. And you imagine in a scenario like that, if I were to just tinker with logical reasoning for 30 minutes, I would have gotten nowhere. I need at least 30 minutes to get in the zone. And then for the next hour, I'm beating my head against that brick wall trying to figure something out. I'm using all of my mental power to hit a breakthrough. And then once I finally do, then for the next 30 minutes to an hour, I'm applying and solidifying that new breakthrough. Same thing with logic games. If I come in and I choose a game that I've never seen before, and I'm not naturally good at logic games, this whole premise of, oh yeah, do a logic game, finish it in maybe 15 minutes, even 10 minutes, like that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to sit and stare at it for 45 minutes and still get nowhere. And that's why I firmly believe that the whole maintenance setup That to me just doesn't seem very realistic until you're pretty comfortable with the test. Task switching, much like multitasking's close relative, it feels productive, but you don't actually make the big gains that you need. 
And then number three, I did not just do as many practice tests as possible. I see this advice a lot online where people say, oh, I just do a bunch of practice tests. And I was told this in person as well. And let me tell you, I just want to slap people that say that. If only it were that easy. You take a person who does not get the LSAT, you have them take a bunch of practice tests, they're going to keep scoring 147. That's not helpful. I think instead, and this is what I did, that you should spend most of your time dissecting your wrong answers. Create a wrong answer journal. Instead of just amassing a bunch of PTs under your belt and feeling good, spend time figuring out where in your analysis did you go wrong and start beating that new train of thought, the correct train of thought into your head. I will tell you this, making a wrong answer journal is very time consuming. So I actually had barely any time left in my week to do actual practice tests. I averaged about one every two weeks. But even then, that was only after I was scoring in the low 170s. Everything before that, I was still just focusing on getting a solid foundation. In my busiest season of PTs, I was doing about one to two every week. So that is a lot of practice tests. But let me tell you, I was also gearing up for my first test. I was trying to build that stamina in just part of a home stretch sprint. Really, I mostly did drilling. I did time sections. And then I would do the whole wrong answer journal for those. Now, I will say this. I do obviously think there is some value to doing as many PTs as possible. Clearly, that's what I did. But like I mentioned, that's because I was trying to gear up for my first administration. So it wasn't so much as pure studying as it was to simulate testing conditions, to train my endurance and things like that. Doing as many PTs as possible was not my main study strategy. It did, however, actually become my main study strategy only once I scored over a 175, though. Once I started scoring 175+, plus, we're playing a different game here. At that point, I'm focused on mastering the hardest level 5 questions on the test. Those are the weird curveballs that they throw at you, like the complete one-offs that are unlike any other question you've seen on any test before, and they're done that way by design. Getting those questions right or wrong is the difference between scoring below a 175 and above a 175. And the problem is there's only one or two of those on each test, so at that point, I think PTs make a lot of sense. I've clearly mastered the topics. I just need to get as much exposure to all the weird curveballs they could possibly throw at me. Now you might be thinking, well, I'm not going for a 175. Well, cool. I still stand by my original statements that you should focus on drilling, maybe time sections, but mostly wrong answer journals until you get to a point where you are PTing where you want to score on test day. At that point where you feel like you've reached the level of mastery that you want to get to, then sure, start PT mass drilling. It's quick, it's efficient, and it obviously helps simulate test conditions. Go ahead and just level off and just start focusing less on gaining mastery of new concepts as opposed to just solidifying. All right, I hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening, spending time with me. I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you later.